helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Hello there, everyday Americans. I hope you're doing well today. This is Paul Engel, the Constitution Study. And uh, today we're taking an interesting look uh, at the tangled web. Yesterday, I talked about the tangled web of lies that um, just seem to permeate the, uh, the, our, our, our society. Well, today, I want to focus on a couple of those webs and well, see if we can't untangle them just a little bit. Now, how do we do that? How do we go about untangling this web of lies? Well, by looking at, their, at the claims that, that are being made and then testing those claims against actual observable facts, in many cases, against their very own facts and data. So to me, it's an interesting exercise, and I'm glad you're going to join me on it. Um, I got a lot to cover, so let me jump right in. And I'm going to start with the climate. Now, the reason I pick on the climate is, is a couple of reasons. Uh, one is I've been dealing with this nonsense pretty much the entire, as long as I can remember. I'm sure there was probably a time when I was real little that uh, we didn't, we weren't dealing with this. But again, most of, as far back as I can remember, I've been told that I'm going to die in some few number of years because of climate. First, it was going to be the Great Ice Age. Then it was global warming. Then they just said, well, we'll just call it general climate change. And as I observed over the years, most of these claims are based on junk. I mean, just look at the data coming out of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC. I mean, most of the garbage coming out of there, when you look at the actual data underneath it, well, they've been wrong so often. It's the boy who cried wolf, right? The, no matter how many times they've said, they said, I'm all, we're all going to die by 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010, 2020. Now they're saying 2030, and they've been wrong each and every time. Now, some of it was ridiculously obvious. Some of it, it's, it's a lot more subtle. It, it, it's the basic understanding, you know, they, they can't predict the weather tomorrow, but they can predict it 10 years from now, and they're supposed to believe them. And when they're wrong over and over and over again, they just keep pretending that it, they were never wrong and well, go on about their business of trying to scare the pants off of everybody. Now, a lot of the way they do this is through models. And again, I have a, a computer science background. I spent 30 years dealing with, with uh, computers. And a model is basically just a program that you feed data in and you get data out. And when a model works, the data that comes out matches the real world. Think of it this way. How many of you have played a, a race, an auto racing game or a, some racing game or a flight simulator? They are based on models. They, call them, they often call them uh, the, the physics algorithm that models the way aircraft and motorcycles and race, different types of race cars react to different situations. These have gotten so good that in, in, in the point of auto racing, professional drivers, Formula One drivers use them to train. They go to a new track and they will practice in a simulator using the physics model, using the model of the, of the race course to get used to the course as, as, as practice. Now, this is a, a functioning model. The trick with models is 
the variables. How many things do you can you change, and do you change them? Let me give you an example. How many of you out there set your watch five minutes ahead so that you're not late? Right? You have you've entered a variable. I'm going to adjust the time five minutes ahead because I want to change the outcome. It's a very simplistic idea, but it's it's an example. So if somebody grabs your watch and looks at the time, they're going to get the wrong answer because they don't realize you've tweaked the numbers. In fact, I just I, I was watching an old Columbo uh, just a little while ago where Columbo figured out who the murderer was for just that reason because the you know, the person who was killed um, would set their watch five minutes ahead, or the, the the person that was being accused would set their watch five minutes ahead, where the person that actually committed the crime had set their watch on time, and that delta said something was wrong. That's a that's a single variable. Imagine the climate with hundreds, if not thousands, of variables. Temperature coefficients, wind changes, uh, uh, air density, air temperature, air humidity. All of these need to be taken into account in a model to predict the weather, whether it be the short term, like tomorrow morning, or the long term, like the next few decades. Now, The problem we have, and the problem has been exhibited, is too many of these climate scientists They've played games with the numbers. They've done the the scientific equivalent of turning their watch five minutes ahead so they're not late, except what they're doing is they are violating the scientific principle. They have a hypothesis. They are running a test, only instead of looking at the results and modifying their hypothesis, they modify the test to get the outcome they want. The last time I checked, there there basically there's four or five I think models that are used by uh, throughout the world. Only one of them has been near correct for the last thirty forty years. It's the Russian model, and it's the only one that the climate scientists refuse to follow. So we start untangling this web of lies, and we have to wonder why go through all of this. I think there's a couple of reasons. One I refer to as the the watermelon reason. You know, get a good watermelon. It's green on the outside, red on the inside. Meaning, it's eco-friendly on the outside. It's communist. It's Marxist. It's totalitarian on the inside. You see, the, you look at the solutions proposed to so many of these problems, and they involve taking away your rights, taking away your freedom, taking away your choice. Don't We'll show you the data and you make the choice. No, you cannot be trusted to make this choice. Therefore, we must do it for you. You see it in everything from the the move to um, you know, the government's forcing people to electric vehicles to the uh, uh, trying to banish gas cooktops. Um, we saw it with the, the incandescent bulbs. All of these are saying... We cannot trust you. These are government actors saying, we cannot trust you to make the right decision. We must make it for you. And in many cases, those government actors are being supported by either non-government or quasi-government entities that have the same basic premise. You cannot be trusted to make this decision for yourself. We have to make it for you. 
And of course, if you're talking, you know, people that are trying to scare you into letting people take over your life, well, Al Gore has to be near the top of the list, right? Now, listen to him as he responds to a question on, uh, was it? It's, it's CNN. I think it's State of the Union. But what happens if the world doesn't act? What, what's the worst case scenario? Well, the scientists who warned us of these mega storms and the, the floods and mudslides and droughts and the ice melting and the sea level rising and the storms getting stronger and the tropical diseases and uh, climate migrants crossing international borders in larger numbers, they were dead right when they warned us about this. Okay, let's stop there because we deal with the first, the first of a whole litany of lies. Notice he focuses on the scientists that agree with him, and he apparently is go isn't going to ignore, and I can, having listened to part of this, no, he ignores scientists that disagree with him. He says, the scientists that warned us of these mega storms, what mega storms? Uh, actually, you know, uh, uh, hurricane activity is, in the Atlantic has been down the last few years, if memory serves. They, they talk about floods and mudslides and droughts. Well, yeah, if everything is caused by global warming, then, you know, you, you can attribute to floods, you know, that have nothing to do with the actual temperature change. They talk about ice melting, but guess what? The ice isn't melting. The polar bears have plenty of ice up in the North Pole. They talk about sea level rising by fractions of a centimeter. Not the, not the, the multiple centimeters they talked, they warned us about, by fractions of a centimeter. This is all a lie. This is the, the, the model says it's going to happen, therefore it happened. Uh, that to me is just stupid. But listen to Mr. Gar's, um, his solution. And so we need to pay more attention to them now. Here's one thing they say, if we don't take action, there could be as many as one billion climate refugees crossing international uh, borders in the next several decades. Well, a few million has contributed to this uh, wave of populist authoritarianism and dictatorships and so forth, uh, what would a billion do? We can't do this. We could lose our capacity for self-governance. Interesting when you actually talk to the people who are leaving their countries, they're not leaving because of climate. They're not leaving because it's too hot or because crops failed. Do you know what they're leaving? For them? Totalitarian governments. The, the lack of freedom or the, the, to, to seek an economic benefit, to look at a country that has done so well, I can make more money there, let me go there. It has nothing to do with climate change unless you listen to, you know, this hammer, to, right? To a hammer, everything looks like a nail. To Al Gore, if you uh, stub your toe, that's climate change. But he goes on and on and on. But once he says, we could lose our ability to self, our capacity to self-govern. Mr. Gore, we're losing our capacity to self-govern, not because of the climate, but because of the climate activists. The very ones who are telling us, we must do this or we're all going to die. The ones that have been wrong time and time and time again. If you want to untangle the web, you start by pointing out the lies and then treating them like trash. Because here's a man who's been wrong time and time again, over and over again. His dire warnings have failed to come true, not by we just missed it, but by miles. Yet we still have this. The, the, we had the Biden administration trying to get rid of fossil fuels, trying everything to destroy fossil fuels. And you know what's interesting? 
according to some researchers, that could be costing $100 billion each and every year from this country's gross domestic, pro domestic product. This is based on a report published by uh, was the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. In other words, we are losing our ability to govern ourselves because government is telling us what we can and cannot do. And yes, it's costing us money. Now, $100 billion in a, what, $20 trillion economy, not the biggest thing. But then again, it, how much of that $100 billion is it, is it costing you? And, and as I mentioned yesterday, we have the Department of Energy, an, an agency that does not legally exist trying to make it harder for you to get gas cooktop but not just gas cooktops they're trying to control residential freezers and refrigerators think about it the the um, the amount of food preservation used by refrigerators and freezers and the increase in in the access to not just food but healthy food good food and they're trying to destroy it because of an agenda that has nothing to do with science I believe it has everything to do with politics. The same with the push towards electric vehicles, trying to get people to, to buy electric vehicles, but car sellers, car dealerships have them on the lots. They can't get rid of them. Why? Well, partially because the infrastructure isn't there. It doesn't meet the needs of millions of Americans, but we take the Klaus Schwab. You'll own nothing and be happy. The only choice you'll have is an electric vehicle because you don't know any better. By the way, the same electric vehicle that, that, that they want to put in all these charging stations, you go, where are those charging stations getting their power? From the burning of coal and, and natural gas, the very thing they keep claiming they want to get rid of. And I want you to stop. Take a look around you right now. Look at how many things are made of plastic. Where does that plastic come from? The vast majority from fossil fuels. You go to the hospital and all the, uh, the, the medicines are stored in plastics that come from fossil fuels. Every, the things that, that are used to keep instruments and materials sterile is from plastics used from fossil fuels. You get rid of fossil fuels, you endanger human life. And all of this based on, well, a, one of two agendas. I've already mentioned the politics of it, right? The control of your life. Well, the senators from Massachusetts show another reason why this push for this climate scare. Money. Senators Markey and Warren want a multi-million dollar earmark in the federal budget to make a police station eco-friendly. And not like the downtown Boston. No, no, no. Melrose, Massachusetts. They want the American taxpayer to pay $3 million to help the police station in Melrose, Massachusetts, become net zero. Tell me this is not about greed. Tell me this is not about controlling, not the climate, but the people. Telling the people what they can say. Tell the people what they can do. Telling the people how they will be allowed to live your life. Now go back and ask uh, Mr. Gore. Is this not the, capacity, the loss of capacity to self-govern? If government tells me what materials I can use, what vehicles I can use, tells me how I live my life, that, sir, is the loss of self-governance, not the concern about, um, about climate change, about a mythical immigrant that 
Um, well, they don't, they, they don't exist now. There's no reason for them to move. And even if you look 100 years down the line and say, yeah, maybe then there'll be a problem, that's 100 years to work on the problem. I'd, you know, I, I, let's do that. The world is an ingenious place. Humans are ingenious people. Saying that these group of idiots who've been wrong every time they've opened their mouth are the salvation of our humanity and our freedom? Again, that's just stupid. Now, I have to take a break before we go. Um, you know, one of the things I do concern myself about is, well, trying to stay healthy. Now, when I travel, it's usually when I get sick is when I travel. At home, I'm generally pretty good. When I'm traveling, though, I need something extra. That's when I reach for Immune Super Boost, the vitamins from Healthy Cell that are designed to boost my immune system. They, they, can, they contain over a dozen supplements. And it's a, easy to use. It's a travel-ready gel pack. I throw them in my bag before I leave. Then every morning, I take one of them. I just open it up and I, and I take it directly. Some people like to mix it into a drink. It works really, really well. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell, whether it be Immune Super Boost or any of their great products. Find out how at americaoutloud.shop. There's a code. Code is out loud. You use that. And again, your first order, you can get 25% off if you use that code. But find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. So make a promise to yourself to be healthy. You're going to try by using Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cell. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. 
These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, everyday Americans who rejoin the Constitution study, and today... We're trying to untangle the web. We talked yesterday about the, the you know, tangled web we weave when we first we practice to deceive. But we're trying to untangle some of those webs. And I, I spent the first segment talking about the climate scare. You know, the, the, the fact that with you look at all the lies that, that are trying to scare us. I say they're lies because when you look at the evidence that they provide, it, it, it doesn't match. The, you know, the, the claims that... Uh, uh, you know, th- this is caused by climate change just doesn't match the reality. And of course, the predictions that they've been making have been wrong for so long. I don't know why anybody believes them anymore, but appears they do. So I'm going to switch gears at the moment. Um, there's been a lot of updates in the Donald Trump 14th Amendment um, fiasco. Uh, I don't exactly know quite what to call it. It's the uh, attempt by, um, well, by several actors, most of which I believe are probably politically motivated to uh, ban Donald Trump from being on the ballot for supposedly uh, inciting an insurrection, therefore under the 14th Amendment, since he took the oath to support the Constitution when he was president, and then, according to them, incited insurrection, he's not qualified to be president. I should say that's a disqualification from being president. Of course, they've yet to provide any evidence that he actually, uh, oh, I don't know, actually incited an insurrection. I mean, if you Sure, if you take some stuff out of context, it sounds like it. But again, what does he say? You know, peacefully protest. The fact that he's never been charged with inciting uh, riot or insurrection should be a clue. But when do we let facts get in the way of a good story? Well, the uh, Colorado Republican Party has officially asked the Supreme Court to uh, um, review the decision made by the Colorado Supreme Court that under the 14th Amendment, Donald Trump is not qualified to be on uh, to hold the office of president, therefore um, he shouldn't be on the primary ballot. Of course, the primary is an election for a um, a, a private organization, the uh, Colorado Republican Party. Yes, it's publicly funded, but um, I dealt with that uh, last. I dealt with that before. So let's untangle some of this this web. And uh, I was reading an article. This had to deal with. Uh, uh, the decision by the Colorado Supreme Court, um, where they said that uh, Trump said that uh, Trump told his supporters that they could go by different rules, very different rules. Well, what did he actually say? He, he he said when you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. He says so. I hope Mike has the courage to do what he has to do. Now, granted, what Trump said was wrong. It, 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 it's false. But is that inciting a riot? I should say you're inciting insurrection. Doesn't sound like it. Uh, The Colorado judges claim that uh, Trump gave a speech where he said, uh, literally exhorted his supporters to fight at the Capitol. 
Well, actually, what he said was, Republicans are constantly fighting like a boxer with his hands tied behind his back. It's like a boxer. We want to be so nice. What we need to be, we want to be more respectful of everybody, including bad people, and we're going to have to fight much harder. I, again, I don't see a, a, an insurrection or, or anything like that. In fact, I'd point out the number of times uh, other political actors claimed that they had to fight for what was right. And of course, the PS de resistance that when Trump told the, 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 uh, the, the, those assembled on January 6th to uh, march on the Capitol, they call it an insurrection. He says, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices be heard. Now, I believe people's voices should be heard. That includes the people that make such ridiculous and outlandish statements, uh, such as uh, this one from Jennifer Rubin. Well, one thing that is at stake is the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, because it is so clear that the law and the facts require his removal, that the Supreme Court should consider doing anything else, I think will be the final nail in the coffin of a court that is already in a death spiral when it comes to legitimacy and credibility with the American people. The only entity losing credibility with the American people should be Jennifer Rubin. Again, remember, the state has the burden of proof, not the defendant. It is not up to Donald Trump to prove that he did not incite an insurrection. It's up to the government to prove that he did. And the evidence is not there. He has not even been charged with insurrection or inciting an insurrection or inciting a riot. So this, this, this is, again, it's nonsense. She can say it all she wants. Everybody keeps saying the, the, the law, the evidence is there, except they don't provide any. And you go back to what Colorado Supreme Court did, what they provided were lies. Uh, again, flat out lies. These are just, this is just um, uh, pretending the facts that you, know, that you want to be true rather than the ones that are true. Now, there's, there's a couple of things that I want uh, that, that, that have been coming to light frequently and uh, I, I want to point them out. Uh, this, I, I, again, I've heard this, these, these statements made over and over again. First, they claim that the president is not an officer of the United States. Therefore, he's not he doesn't fall under uh, the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Really, the office of president is not, the person holding the office of president is not an officer of the United States. Does that mean we should modify the presidential seal because it says office of the president of the United States? The person holding that's not an officer. He is a civil officer in that um, he's not a part of the military. But um, this is th th this comes from the fact that the Fourteenth Amendment doesn't specifically list uh, the office of president as someone th that falls on the list. But I think it's a it's a it's a weak argument. Next is a claim that uh, uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is not what they call, does not have self-executing authority. In other words, state courts don't have the power to disqualify them because it's a, it's a federal issue because it comes with the 14th Amendment. Again, these are the same judges. They took an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, just as a federal judge does. So that one falls kind of flat on its face. Now, the next one was interesting, that, that the, Colorado, the Colorado Supreme Court decision violates the, the First Amendment association rights of the Colorado Republican Party, except 
The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States says that Congress shall make no law. Congress hasn't made any law. So, uh, again, they're, they're looking at a 14th Amendment issue, and it falls flat on the states. And you, you see all of the, 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 the hyperbolic, crazy language. When you look down, when you get down into the truth, into the facts, into the evidence, you find, you know what? Um, it's just not there. It doesn't hold up to any level of scrutiny. But that doesn't mean people aren't exhausting a tremendous amount of time, effort, and, and money on, on pushing this. Now, recently, the Colorado Secretary of State said they would, that they would include um, Donald Trump on the primary uh, Republican primary ballot uh, because the state GOP has filed an appeal with the Supreme Court. The assumption being that, okay, we'll leave it on status quo, um, and when the Supreme Court answers, then uh, we'll know we'll have a better idea of how to to move forward. Um, and again, there are multiple states where these these lawsuits are being brought. There's a lot going on. You've got uh, let's see, Michigan. The Michigan Supreme Court said no, we're not going to remove Trump from the ballot. That's the 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 latest state to come in to this particular fray. Of course, uh, recently we had. Uh, the Secretary of State of Maine decide that, uh, that she would not put Trump on the ballot. Here's here's the way she put it on a MSNBC program. Um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I'm trying to figure out how she determined that the demonstration, some of which got violent, I do not challenge that, was arising a rebellion of citizens against the government usually manifested by acts of violence. Okay, yeah, there was some violence, but where was the act against the government? See, what they were doing was challenging the election, elections in the states. They weren't challenging the authority of the, of the Constitution of the United States. They weren't challenging that form of government. They said, we've seen problems in these elections, and we want our representatives to do something. I've already talked before about what little could have been done at that point, but that's not my point. She simply has decided that um, Donald Trump, when he said to go peacefully make yourselves heard, somehow that was an attempt to overthrow the government of the United States. It's laughable. But it's it, this is, uh, under main law, this is the power given to her, and she's going to have uh, to, to face the citizens of Maine in, in the next election she stands for. Uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection. So apparently questioning the outcome of an election is only insurrection if you're a popular Republican candidate. Uh, apparently calling for peaceful demonstration, at, to, to, you know, peacefully letting your members of Congress hear your voice, is now insurrection, only if it's an against a, um, a an eventual candidate, uh, a, a president that happens to be a Democrat. Remember, tr uh, Biden was not the president on January 6th. Biden had not even been considered, it was not even legally presidential-elect until the votes had been counted by, uh, or I should say, in front of Congress, not counted by Congress, they're counted in front of Congress. 
And because of this, without any due process, without any uh, a probable cause other than her interpretation or what she's been told about uh, what happened on January 6th, evidence to the contrary being ignored, Donald Trump committed insurrection or, or incited insurrection, even though he's never been charged, never been charged with it at all. See, this tangled web of nonsense we have, I believe, comes primarily from a political background, from a desire uh, to, to uh, attack a political enemy and taking any small thing that they could to try and blow it up into something they can use against him. I said all the way back in, in 2021, when you know, just after January 6th, when they started calling this an insurrection, I said, look out, this is going to be used by the 14th Amendment to disqualify Trump in the future. And I was right. And I wonder how much of this is being inflamed by um, many people, both in the Democratic Party and the media, um, basically rearranging or, or lying about what Trump has said in an attempt to vilify him as uh, Hitler or a dictator. And granted, Trump is kind of known for saying things in a way that, well, let's just say can easily be misinterpreted and, and certainly are inflammatory. Well, for example, uh, uh, Trump has been quoted as referring to, uh, uh, or I should say, uh, looking for retribution for those who he believes stole the election from him, the 2020 election, that he believes are today trying to, to steal the election from him. And time and time again, we have uh, the media and, again, Democratic politicians pushing the idea that, no, this is, he's, he didn't say, he's, he's looking for revenge. They said Trump signal he's out for revenge in his second term. Again, these even just U.S. papers. This is the, the Daily Mail and the Guardian from the United Kingdom claiming that he's out for revenge. And, of course, there's plenty of examples of this uh, in, being used in uh, American media as well. And in the talking points from different politicians, some of them I've played for you here uh, in, in previous episodes. And, of course, you have the example of uh, um, Trump you know, being asked if he'd become a dictator. He said, yes, I'd become a dictator for a day and I'd you know, build the wall and, and a couple other things and then be done with it. And of course, it's a, um, I would say it's a rather crass way of saying, I'm just going to do what I need to do right away. Um, I certainly wouldn't have used that language, but this is being used to, to say he's going to become a dictator day one and completely overthrow the Constitution. If that's the material that that uh, uh, the Secretary of State of Maine is using to determine that uh, Trump committed insurrection, that's pretty weak stuff. And again, Trump is a loudmouth. It's one of the reasons why I'm not particularly fond of him. Um, but he, he also tends to be around himself with really bad advisors and really does not know the Constitution of the United States. I've got another example of that coming up in the last segment. But again, to consider someone insurrection, have committed an insurrection or participate in an insurrection without any actual evidence of him doing so is itself a violation of the Constitution, violates the 14th Amendment. You're depriving Trump of, of the liberty to run for president without any due process, without any proof that he actually in, committed or was involved in an insurrection. And if you're going to say that questioning an election is insurrection, well, then there's a whole bunch of people in Congress that are not qualified to hold that position under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment because they questioned elections 
they challenged the validity of an election. And if that's now insurrection, then they should be disqualified as well, which shows that you're not interested in, in equal protection under the law. And it's one of the reasons why I want to get away from the rhetoric and I want to get underneath it as much as facts and data as we can. And to do that, before I do that, though, I do have to take a break. Um, while I'm gone, consider this. Uh, the Constitution Study has a website. I personally think it's a pretty good website. But then again, I'm probably biased. I built it. But I'd love you to check it out. Check out the website, constitutionstudy.com. Uh, I gave it a facelift a few months ago, so it has a neat new look. It's got some very neat mailing lists. I've updated most of the mailing lists. I even considered, if you're interested, a new mailing list if you want to get a, a, a digest of the news items I'm putting on the website. I can do that as well. Check it all out at constitutionstudy.com. And if you have ideas, questions, I'm still looking for questions. I'm always looking for good questions that I can cover right here on the radio. You can ask them on the website as well. Now, while you're looking to places to go, may I recommend americaoutloud.news. I go there every day for news and information. But I do more with it, and I'm going to ask you to do the same. I don't think it's enough to simply read the stories and, and, and watch the videos and, and get all riled up. I think you need to take the articles, the podcasts that say something to you and use them. Share them with friends. Share them with family. Share them on social media. Let other people see the other side of the story. You know, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you got to bring him to the water. You do that by sharing this information. By doing so, you're helping to secure the blessings of liberty. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You're featuring the Constitution Study. Today, we're trying to untangle the web of deceit we've found ourselves so entangled in. Uh, first segment I dealt with climate change. Second segment I dealt with, the, the 14th Amendment and Trump. I want to take this last and kind of continue that 14th Amendment, but I want to look at the consequences. See, part of the problem we have, or at least I have, with these, these web of lies is that people start reacting to the lie, never bothering to find out the truth. And it leads certain people to, well, let's just say, not very good places. For example, um, just days after uh, disqualifying Trump from the primary in the state of Maine, uh, Secretary of State Shana Bellows was swatted. Uh, someone called in a false report that uh, they had uh, entered her the Secretary of State's home, obviously I'm assuming with threats of kidnapping or other heinous things, which meant officers responded and they responded in force. Now, swatting is nothing new. People have been uh, doing this to get back at people they disagree with. And there's only two things I could think of. I mean, okay, yeah, you disrupt their lives and, and, and with such attack, but you also endanger lives, not just their lives, everyday innocent people. Now, I don't know what it's like in Maine. Here in Middle Tennessee, um, Armed people in, in, in SUVs start showing out the front door. Their response, the response they get from inside generally is, is not that good. It would be very easy for uh, not just innocent bystanders, but officers and neighbors to be injured, even killed in such situations. So in no way do I condone such actions. By the way, neither do I condone those who have uh, um, published the Secretary of State's home address, um, that's home. Disagree with her all you want. Uh, uh, be upset with what she does all you want. Endanger her and you're getting in trouble. But when you endanger the family, that's a certain level of low that, I mean, that is, you, you got snake belly, then you dig a few feet, and then you, you go a bit farther, and sooner or later you'll find the people you know, you dig a few feet, you get to the people that that uh, publish home addresses and and you know family names and numbers, a few feet below that, and then you end up with the people who swat. These are truly evil and disgusting people. Um, it sadly, it's a fact of life that that such people exist. But it's really sad that um, they think that's an acceptable way of taking out their frustrations on others. Now, there are legitimate ways to deal with what you see as a, as a travesty of justice. Uh, for example, Maine Representative John Andrews, back on December 28th, filed a request for a joint order with the Maine Reservoir's office to impeach Ms. Bellows. In a statement, he said, I wish to impeach Secretary Bellows 
on the grounds that she is barring an American citizen and 45th president of the United States who is convicted of no crime or impeachment their right to appear on a main Republican primary ballot. That, to me, is a legitimate solution. or That's a legitimate step. You want to punish her for her actions. The legitimate step is impeachment or criminal charges. Yeah, criminal charges, because she, by violating the 14th Amendment, she's also violated federal law. She's deprived, or has attempted to deprive, willfully deprive, uh, Mr. Trump of a of the the right to be at liberty, including running for office, without due process of law. Violation of the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. That's a deprivation of rights under color of law. That is a federal crime. Not that I expect the Biden Justice Department to do it. Not that I expect any Justice Department to do anything about it. We have traveled so far into this tangled mess that. Uh, I don't. I don't see any Justice Department actually seeking justice. They're more about seeking revenge. But there's something else that we can do. Uh, I wrote an article for New Year's, and uh, where I, while I don't do resolutions, I had some ideas of things people might consider being involved in. And well, one of them was um, your election board, your county election board. Are you involved? You know, consider getting involved. Attend meetings. Maybe run for the board or get a point. I don't know how it works. All the counties are all different. But make sure that your voting process in your county is free, fair, and transparent. Don't just sit back and expect somebody else. You go and do it. You get involved and then bring people along with you. Because more and more reports coming out of the, the terrible state of, of voter rolls in this country. This became very important during the 2020 election and possibly during the 24 election when ballots were mailed unrequested to all the registered voters. Well, if a significant number, a significant percentage of those people in, in the voter rolls are not legally there, meaning they're dead, they've moved, they no longer reside at that address, then how can we trust any election held under such circumstances, you're basically handing out ballots to cheat. There have been a lot of reports lately about a system that a lot of states use called the Electronic Registration Information Center, or ERIC. And um, I have some serious concerns about this system because based on a lot some reports, it seems like they're more interested in adding names to the roles than cleaning up the existing roles. And you just keep adding more and more and more junk and garbage. And eventually the voter rolls are meaningless. Now that's one side. I want to look at another side of this um, election uh, election thing. And and I, I don't, I, I should have talked about this earlier. Um, you know, we talk about the 14th Amendment. Well, Donald Trump has, uh, 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 Donald Trump has claimed that uh, he can't be held accountable for any alleged insurrections while president because of a thing called presidential immunity. Except there's no such thing as presidential immunity. Not legally. I don't care what the laws say. I don't care what tradition says. There is nothing in the Constitution that shelters a president from the criminal act, any criminal acts he may commit while president, even in the fulfilling his job as president. It just isn't there. And of course, I've heard lots of people saying presidential immunity, presidential immunity. It goes back to what I say about President Trump. He hasn't read the Constitution. If he has, 
he basically either doesn't remember or just doesn't care. Or he's just getting advice from people who, well, they're lawyers. They didn't, they didn't actually read the Constitution. They were read a bunch of lies that, uh, that, that other judges thought and that they assume is, is true, all evidence to the contrary notwithstanding. So this whole thing about presidential immunity, we don't have sovereign immunity in this country. We do not have sovereign. Nobody is above the law. That includes president for the actions he commits while president. That is a, uh, a lie. And again, as I said, both sides play these stupid games. So apparently, again, Trump's lawyers filed this lawsuit with the D.C. Court of Appeals, which uh, said, you know what? Uh, no. He, president Trump does not have, or former president, is not immune from either, from, from in this case, civil lawsuits regarding the January 6th uh, uh, capital kerfuffle, uh, simply because he was president at the time. Now, the interesting is it, to me is how the court found. It said, on appeal, the only question is whether President Trump has demonstrated his entitlement to official act immunity. That's according to the order from the, the appeals court. Um, except there is no such thing as official act immunity. It's something made up by judges and politicians in order to cover their backsides for their criminal behavior, their criminal activities. I dare anyone to show me in the Constitution where the president uh, has, ha, is immune from prosecution in any situation or is immune from his lawsuit in any situation. You won't find it. You do find a situation where senators and, and members of the House of Representatives are immune from arrest, except under certain circumstances, you know, while, while serving an off, or I should say, while engaged in their business, in other while at the Capitol, at their, at their house of, of work, or traveling to and from. But that's not prosecution, that's arrest. There's nothing in there. Since it's not a power delegated to the United States to give the president immunity, no act of Congress, no opinion of a judge can actually give immunity because they don't have the power to. It's just another unconstitutional act that has become so commonplace. We don't even, you know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out another term because when I say unconstitutional act, uh, people don't react to it anymore. When I tell them the law is empty, void, meaningless, as if it isn't there, they look at me strange. I, I need to find a way to communicate just how just how criminal so much of the federal government is and so much of the processes around it. See, if it's not in the Constitution, if they enact a power, if the federal government enacts a power not delegated to it by the Constitution, that is theft. They are stealing a power that belongs either to the states or to the people. That's what the Tenth Amendment says. That is a crime. And you look at how much of the federal government acts outside of their delegated powers and you get to see just how criminal an enterprise this is. And to me, the only way to deal with that is to go to the proof. Show me. You say that, that there is an official act immunity. Show me in the Constitution any sort of official act immunity. Like I said, the closest you can get is immunity from arrest, uh, only arrest. It's accepted by certain things like breach of the peace, by the way. And uh, by the way, it's only allowed for members of the uh, representatives or senators while they're while they're they're in their their the whichever house or traveling to or from the work there. That's it. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, the only way I know to untangle this web. So the way I've untangled it in for myself is the only way I know how to untangle it for you is to demand. You want me to believe this? 
You need to prove you need to prove it. It's only an opinion until there's proof. And that proof must be supported by well something actually legal. I, I I've been having a debate online, I've been quite a debate online, um about certain rights and privileges. And the number said, well, a court said a court doesn't supersede the Constitution. The the court doesn't make up rights, the court doesn't make law. Calling what the court of court opinion case law is actually a violation of the Constitution, because all legislative act, uh, power is delegated to Congress, not to the courts. The web is thick, the web is strong, but it can it can be disassembled. It's not necessarily easy and it's not quick, but it can be. And it comes down to understanding those fundamental facts. The, the, I open it my boot camp with this. It's the four fundamental processes that are part of the Constitution study. It's only an, it's only an opinion until there's proof. An expert opinion is only an opinion. It's still only an opinion until there's proof. Um, the uh, uh, original sources, whenever possible, you have to get close to the original source of that information to find out if it's true. And then always check your facts. Just because you believe something is true, just because it sounds right, you still need to go in and check it because it's quite possible you're wrong. I was wrong. You're wrong. All of us are wrong from time to time. We have to get to the process by which we um, we try to mitigate that. And that means going to facts and data and then checking the facts and data. Again, just because a climate scientist says we're all dead in 10 years, well, it wasn't true before. What makes you think it's true now? It, it, it's a way of, of approaching things, I think, closely matches a scientific process. But I think it's the best way to untangle the web of lies and deceit that are part of our lives today. Now, here's the thing. You, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can show you ways of digging for the truth. I can provide information. I can point you in the right direction, but I can't make you do the work. I've noticed a lot of people, they keep wanting other people to do the work for them. Let so-and-so tell me what the truth is. I'll just follow this website or this individual or uh, this group and let them do all the work for me. Well, there's just one real problem with that. See, then you're not free to decide for yourself. You're actually enslaved to the opinions of other people. Now, I don't know about you. I, I spent enough of my time enslaved to the ideas of others. I'm not doing that anymore. No, I want to find the truth for myself. And I found it quite liberating, quite freeing. And I'm willing to help. That, that's why I set up the Patriots program. It's why my boot camp is free. It's it's why you head to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. You check out the boot camp. You take it for free. It's an online video. And you get some of the tools and some information that you can use right now to start untangling yourself from the mess. But I can't do it for you. If I could, then I would just be substituting one tyrant for another. So one person's set of ideas for mine, and that's not what I'm looking for. By the way, if you're interested, I plan on doing some uh, boot camps via Zoom so that you can join me. We can do it live. It'll be the same content as, as the pre-recorded one, but you'll be able to ask your own questions. Check out the website, constitutionstudy.com, for more. See, my goal here is to spread the seeds uh, of liberty. 
not to make sure that you grow them and eat their fruit. I'm here to to lead people to water, but I can't make them drink. I can't I can lead you to freedom, but I can't make you be free. All I can do is tell you what my life has become since I have learned to be free. Not necessarily free physically, but free mentally. Not necessarily I'm free from the impact of the, the criminal laws that have been put in place, but in my mind, I can be free. I can decide for myself what isn't isn't true. I can decide for myself what actions I will and will not take. And I can decide whether or not I'm willing to suffer the consequences. Can you? Now, if you like that idea, well, I hope you'll come back and join us here at the Constitution Study. Every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, we are on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all the episodes go to podcast generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. You can listen with your favorite podcast app, but I'm going to ask you, do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need and all the information you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. I can lead you there, but I can't make you drink it. That's up to you. It's up to you to consume this information, and then it's up to you to share this information. Now, they say that freedom isn't free. It takes work. It takes effort. By sharing this information... By exposing other people to this fundamental principle of freedom and liberty, the ability to think for yourself, will you do more than just spread the word about the Constitution Study or America Out Loud Talk Radio? You actually share the blessings of liberty. <laughs>